Hello, my friends. It's Andy and Hedy coming to you live from Maui, Hawaii, on our little vacation with our a portion of our family. Yes, and this oh, is for the resurrect <laughs> for the living fearless devotional. Okay, a product <laughs> of <laughs> a production of resurrectministry.com where you could find hopefully some good content to draw you closer in your relationship with the Lord. If you have not yet met him, I highly recommend meet him where you are. He is the living relational God. He'll speak to your heart. He will talk to you. Just talk to him. Open your heart to him. So whether you have met the Lord before, have walked uh, maybe a little bit away from the path or have never, ever been with um, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is this is an opportunity, folks. Uh, thank you for listening. If you enjoy this content, please like, like, share, subscribe. When you go to the website, we love to hear your comments. Drop us a line. We love to hear from you. And if you are so inclined, you can donate by clicking the Donate Now button. Thank you. That would be awesome. Um, who are they? Oh, I already forgot. We went to well, we went oh, to go yeah, see the we, turtles. We, we're doing that after, but we didn't see turtles. We're doing the Andy stories after. Really? We're doing, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. We gotta get. I want to devotion. jump right into the Andy stories. Really? Yeah. No. All right, devotional first. Devotional we're, first. <laughs> then we'll tell our snooba we story. Got possibly some people saying hi. Let's see who's on really quick. We got Cindy saying hi. Yeah. Literally saying hi. Uh, Carrie with some palm trees. Yes. That is a Hawaiian way of saying hi. Aloha. Yeah, I guess. And uh, Iris is on. Saying mahalo. Aloha, mahalo. She's saying both. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, we were having trouble with that yesterday. We were. Whether we yeah, should say mahalo was, or aloha. You were aloha. having trouble with it. Mahalo is welcome. So you can't always use mahalo. Are you sure? Aloha I thought I meant is thank hello, you. goodbye, thank you, everything. Aloha is. Mm. Mahalo is just welcome. Really? I don't know. I, that, I think aloha it can be welcome. It can buy. It can be hi. It can be goodbye. I some guy be, told me that, but I may be wrong. I think mahalo is thank you. I think. Who's watching here? That's uh, oh Lisa Wood. Nice to see you. Hi Lisa. Hi Lisa. All right. Well, either way, people will answer us. I'm sure. Hi Sister Maria. Oh Mariama's on. Hello Mariama. All right. Let's get to the devotional. You know who's uh, devotional we're in? Charles Burton. Char Did we say that already? I think so. Charles Burton. <laughs> morning by morning. Uh, I for... think we only have two weeks left, you know. Oh, really? Wow, we better get to looking for a new devotional. Yes, and people, let us know how the sound quality is because we just changed up the mics. Too. And yeah, so we don't have the floppy camera thing. Um, so uh, Charles Spurgeon, morning by morning for June 27th. And the reference is Exodus 8.28 that says, Pharaoh said, I will let you go to offer sacrifices to the Lord, your God in the desert, but you must not go far away. Hmm. Hmm. Felt like there was missing a word there, but uh, there's not. Let me read that again. Pharaoh said, I will let you go to offer sacrifices to the Lord, your God in the desert, but you must not go very far. In other words, I'll cut you a short leash. You go oh. worship the Lord, but you come right back. Yeah, you can't just go outside the perimeter. Right. Barely. Barely. Two steps. Like a foot, yeah. Uh, foot. What are those things called when you're under house arrest? The foot monitor. The ankle monitor. Ankle monitor. Yeah. <laughs> so you know where this is from? It's from the pen of Charles Spurgeon. Yes. He says this is a crafty statement mm. from the lips of Pharaoh, the evil tyrant. If the poor Israelite slaves had to leave Egypt, 
he would bargain with them so they would not go very far, keeping them within the reach of his terror and within sight of his spies. In the same manner, the world today hates the nonconformity and dissidence of Christians. When was this written? 17th century. Well, no, 18th. 18th century. Sure, it wasn't written today? No. Nope. All right. It would like for us to be a little more compromising and not take our ideas to the extreme. Mm -hmm. Ideas such as being dead to the foolish things of the world and being buried with Christ are ones that unbelievers, carnal minds, treat and with ridicule. Unbelievers, color, oh my gosh, uh, are ones that unbelievers, carnal minds, treat with ridicule. ridicule. Oh my gosh. Thus, God's word teaches that these truths are nearly universally neglected, even condemned. Worldly wisdom promotes a path of compromise and speaks of moderation. Mm. According to this carnal thinking, purity is considered to be quite desirable as long as we do not take it too far. <laughs> and truth is a prudent course to follow as long as we don't denounce error too harshly. Mm. See a lot to that today. The world declares, sure, sure, be spiritual by all means, but don't deny yourself a little worldly fun now and then. Yes. After all, that's the point of criticizing something when it is so fashionable and everybody is doing it. Many confessing Christians have fallen to this cunning advice, but have suffered eternal loss as a result. Uh oh. Once we commit to fully following the Lord, we must immediately go into the wilderness of separation, leaving the carnal world of Egypt behind. We must leave its wisdom, its pleasures, and its religion as well, going far away to the place the Lord has called his sanctified ones. When our city is on fire, our house cannot be too far from the flames. <laughs> when a dangerous plague is spreading, we cannot be too far away from contamination. The farther from a deadly snake, the better, and the further from worldly conformity, the better. May the trumpet call be sounded to all true believers. Come out from them and be separate. Wow. Pretty serious. That's really important for what's going on today. Yeah, it's like a call. It's on the theme of what we've been talking about for the past couple of days. He's just taking it um, a little step farther, I think. Uh, because he's saying the city's on fire. Guess what? Your house is next. You're just down the block. So pack up your stuff, separate. And hmm. I think it, and he's, he's basically um, telling us the worse the world gets, the more you're going to need to separate yourself. You know, kind of like Noah and building his ark. He just hmm. sat out there in the middle of nowhere, building his ark as, as decadence and debauchery swirled around him. He just, Laid low, right. building his little ark until it was time to go. Well, I kind of have some questions about this more than you know, a comment about oh, okay. what it's saying to me. Because there's a little bit of a, a conflict that I feel. Okay. That I hope he's not saying that. So California is going down a deep, dark path of demonic nonsense. In our public schools and in, in just our cities. I mean, you go to Los Angeles or you go to uh, San Francisco and 
yes. all these places, you can see this, the demonic aspect of what's going on there, encouraging homelessness, encouraging uh, intravenous drug use and that kind of stuff. But we have decided to stay in this milieu fiery state, even though our little conservative city of your Melinda is still somewhat conservative. Well, but that's what I'm saying. I don't think we would have stayed if we were in the center of LA. Oh, you know, you might be right. <laughs> we've, we've only agreed to stay because, you know, it's God's grace that we are in a place where we can maintain relative control still. Well, over for sure, if we lived in San Francisco, we would have got left years ago. Yeah. I wouldn't wait till it get to the, got to this point. Right. Exactly. I, okay. All right. So we're, we're, but we're still staying strong, but because there's still, I mean, I think there's many, a few stories in the Bible where he went into the areas that were most sick. Well, I, I, I think what Spurgeon's saying, calling to be separate means spiritually and mm. physically. Okay. So in other words, be in the world, but not of the world. And for, and Jesus told us that, right. Know that you are in the world and not of the world. So we, um, our hearts need to be separated from everything that's going on around us. And I think that, um, first of all, it makes me laugh because the, just the way Spurgeon describes it, it reminds me of American Christianity to a large extent where mm -hmm. people are just kind of like, don't get too religious. Don't get too crazy with this stuff. You know, like Jesus on Sunday and maybe on Wednesday, but that's about it. Uh, yeah. It reminds me also of it's very common in Islam too, where Persian families, uh, Arab families want their kids religious enough that they don't have premarital sex, but not religious enough that they cover because they want them to be able to get married. Like it's just this uh, funny hypocritical negotiation that people make with religiosity. Mm -hmm. But um, for it, for us, it's, it's, you lose so much, you lose so much of uh, your walk with Christ when um you conform to the world instead of um, suffering the, the, the separation in order to be closer to Christ. When we look at our friend Glenn, who we see on occasion going live from Who's even more brothels <laughs> and, and gay bars and of yes. the different places that he goes. But that, that kind of speaks to that he doesn't live there, but he goes there. He goes there to preach. Where does where do you think that that does that fall into? Um, you know where God wants us to go to. Uh, what's the verse you used earlier? You used it earlier to be in the world. Oh, but not of the world. Of the world. Yes. But he he kind of he goes deep. He does into the darkness. And uh, which we saw a video that he did today and there's and actually the ones I've been watching lately, there are people coming up and screaming at him, yeah. spitting. Some lady went crazy and was spitting all over him. It was an LGBTQ event. Yeah. He was at a gay pride or some kind of uh, gay flea market looking thing. And the woman was screaming at him and she was uh, had gone to seminary, apparently. So she said. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's even that's taking. um the responsibility of evangelism to even a greater extent. And it's so interesting because I've watched him because I've known him, you know, three years now. And in the beginning, he'd get so much more temperamental. And now as I watch him get this fiery, you know, response from people, he's getting calmer and calmer. Oh, I was going to say, 
Yeah. Because we're going to read the scripture that talks about being calm, or at least Jim Ryman talks about um, keeping that monotone and that soft voice, even though they are yelling and screaming, cussing at him with that. That's always their way, though. It, It turns into. This fiery, yeah. mouthed, forked tongue. Well, but that's what I was telling you. Even that's why I'm not a fan of seeing that come out of Christians because I was telling you, I was watching some of the uh, YouTube videos at Balboa Park where uh, the Muslims and the Christians get into it. And when I see the Christians yelling at the Muslims, like the Muslims yell at the Christians, I was like, oh, that's so, uh, you guys look like one and the same right yeah. now. Um but what Glenn was doing was not that. Yeah, he just doesn't. He never loses his cool. It's just such a statement about his faith and his um, and the Holy Spirit as a restrainer. Mm. Well, that that training I got as a police officer helps me do that. He got right. the training in prison. No, his tra- no. that tra- no, he was quite the opposite. Oh, really? The way he describes himself in prison, he was no. he was not calm. Oh no, uh, he got that from street preaching. Ah. There may be some people, we haven't talked about Glenn in a long time. You yes. want to tell just a little bit about him? That way they don't. They oh, know sure. Uh, <laughs> my friend Glenn Langhor, he actually um, was a former drug dealer, gangbanger kind of guy. Uh, ended up in prison, 17 year sentence, I believe. Um, did some pretty terrible things in prison while I was in prison too, but met the Lord Jesus Christ in prison as well. And um, he's just a wonderful preacher, a wonderful man of God. Uh, has written umpteen numbers of books. Uh, that are available for sale on Amazon. Uh, and he's just as a, a great testament to what uh, God can do in a life. <laughs> His name again, if they want to find him, Glenn. Glenn Langhor. L-A-N-G-O-H-R. O-H-R. And he street preaches in uh, California, Southern California. Nice. So I don't have my glasses on. You can see a little bit better than I can. I yes. Uh, Lisa's uh, oh. looked up Mahalo. That was Carrie. Oh, hey, brother and sister, Carrie's saying. <laughs> And she's saying the sound is good. Oh, good. And Lisa's saying um, hello means thank you. Thank you for your support. It also means uh, as a greeting or parting. See, as I told you, Mahalo's multidimensional. And uh, Carrie's saying, so Akamai, Lisa. I don't know what that means. So smart, maybe. (laughs) Oh, is that what that means? I don't know. So helpful, maybe. I thought it said Kamala, like Kamala Harris. We just learned today is the worst vice president in our country's history. Who said? A a new, uh, no, a new thing came out saying that nobody's ever, she's like negative 17. Oh, no. In in approval rating. Like, how can it be negative? Well, because she just doesn't doesn't register. (laughs) But I thought that's what she wrote, like something about Kamala. I thought that would have been funny. Uh, Jim Ryman or the scripture first? Smart. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Whichever you prefer. Let's do Jim. Let's finish Jim off because I like what he had to say. Okay. We should never be surprised when the world acts like the world. We should not expect them to accept our values and think highly of our standards. More and more, the world views Christians as hateful, <laughs> intolerant, and uncompromising. Wow. And mm-hmm. it's like over 100 years ago. Uh, but this is nothing new. For Paul wrote, we have become the scum of the earth, the refuse of the world. That's 1 Corinthians 4.13. Earlier in the same chapter, Paul says, who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's clever. The idea behind his words is that the only thing that makes us different from the world is that God has saved us. And he did it all. We can take no credit for it. 
Thus, our response to the world is what's important for Paul when he goes on and says, when we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. Mm. That's our friend Glenn. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Mm. Perfect. That's what just makes, that's what makes a Christian stand out. Yeah. And that's Glenn. All right. Scripture, Exodus, what is it? Exodus 8, 28. Pharaoh said, I will let you go to offer sacrifices to the Lord your God in the wilderness, but you must not go very far. Now, pray for me. <laughs> Pharaoh. So obnoxious, right? <laughs> what a creep. First Corinthians 1 27. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and has chosen the weak things of the world to put shame, uh, to shame the things which are mighty. Hmm. Read that one more time. He's reversed it. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Uh, the other um, words that I've always heard it as God is, uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, to confuse, to confound mm. the wise and chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are mighty. In other words, by lifting um, the weak, he shames those who thinks they're mighty. like David when he was a kid out of all the brothers, he was the weakest. Right. And then killed the big giant man. Right. Goliath. Yeah. And then the foolish things are sometimes like his parables. Oh, his apostles. They were all unlearned. <laughs> yeah. They were all unlearned and they confounded the Pharisees hmm. who've been, you know, students of the Old Testament their whole lives. Wow. I like that. Yes. The all right. first will be last and the last will be first. Romans 6.4. We were therefore buried with him through baptism in death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. 2 Corinthians 6, 17. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. Can't hmm. get clearer than that. Nope. I really like this. It, it, it reminds me of the times where even I used words to describe Christians of uh, negatively negatively. And then as I got closer to God and then the, the whole transition, I, you know, still had the naysayers and people that said, uh, Oh, what now you're going to X, Y, Z, whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also it's interesting because you could see from now, well, we just read about that scripture when we were talking about our friend Glenn, how that shows such strength and discipline and humility to be kind in the face when you curse, to be to bless when you are cursed. As a Muslim, we thought that was weakness. Mm. You know, and I know the Muslim world thinks that way too, is that oh, Christians are so passive, they're weak. Um, but it's not out of weakness, it's out of discipline, it's out of strength. Because it's much easier to pop off to somebody than it is um to remain calm and kind. Yeah. No, I really like this. Anything else about the devotional or gym or the scripture that's popping out at you? No, I think we I think we kind of covered it. Anybody else want to add something about the devotional that's touching them in a particularly unique way? 
Uh, we didn't know that Carrie speaks Japanese, did you? No, I did not know that. And Pigeon English. And Pigeon English. Not sure what that is, though. Oh, yeah, my kids do it. Oh, the ekne bipene yeah, whatever. Stuff. Yeah, whatever they say. I don't even. I can't even try to I thought that's duplicate pig, it. Pig Latin. I know that's pig Latin. <laughs> yes, don't know how many times I've been Balaam's donkey. Ah, uh, yes. Mm. <laughs> I love Carrie. Um, so today, just moving on to... Yes, uh, our adventure. Another subject. We went to um, the... The uh, the Crescent Island, the Molokini. the, the crater. Oh, thank you, <laughs> Molokini crater. Um, but on the way there, there, you know, I, I just wanted to chat with somebody on the way there besides us. Yes. So there was this um, group of um, family members, a uh, group of black family members that were standing. Two men. That I felt that we're, we're pretty close to the same age, or yes. one guy was maybe slightly older, another guy more my age. And I thought I'd go bond with them. So I get, stand up and go over to them and kind of lean, they're leaning against. And, you know, um, I learned long ago that if you want to um, connect with somebody, you mimic some of their movements. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a cop thing? Probably, but it's also a Tony Robbins thing and some other uh, things that it's, um, there's a name for it now. I can't, I can't remember the name. Thank you for that. Yeah. So I went up there, they were leaning, I was leaning and I stood there for a little while just so they could catch a, catch a glimpse. And then I moved a little bit more into their eye and they were right across from me. And then I'm not sure exactly what was the first thing I said to them. Um, but then just began to chat about, you know, how long are you guys on vacation? They said two weeks and, um, and then next thing you know, I'm talking to their, they turned out to be attorneys. Yes. And they were uh, standing next to an older woman who was a judge. Was that his wife too? The, the older gentleman's uh, wife. Yeah. So he's an attorney. Um, he was a U.S. attorney for a while. Yes. U.S. district attorney. And then she was a judge. And then now he is in the real estate and, and, and whatnot. But uh, my point for bringing it up is the, um, is just the, the connection that can be made if you just make the move and begin to just talk to somebody yeah. you can you can draw them in uh to a conversation and then you came over i talked about you being a former muslim and became a christian so yes. I'm, I'm doing i'm doing i'm trying to do my thing yes uh i got i'm, I'm all I'm in my so manly i'm all in my manliness with no shirt on but i yeah. got my my cross yes and then began to talk a little bit about the bible that, that did. didn't prompt them to really talk too much about their faith though no but uh, but we did we did our part. We drew them in. But what I thought was interesting, and because you know this, the world has. And that's where I'm going to finally get to the point. How what it connects here. The world has created this idea that we can't trust one another. Uh, the different races of people. Yeah. Right? I well, just want. I just. I just. So I know. Weird. Like I never would have had a concern before, but even me in this very, this for a moment, there was this like you know I feel like I want to talk to them. Where I don't know why I feel like this is odd, because it would never have been odd before. Right. But I feel like there's a little of me that's been a little bit too engrossed in the world where I I almost started to believe that a, a white guy can't talk to a, a group of black people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So horrible. That so never horrible. that never was anything that ever I ever even thought about. But that's been inculcated not only in what you just say inculcated. What is that? Oh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, 
such a big SAT word. Maybe an LSAT word, actually. Uh, it, it gets driven uh, over and over into our minds mm -hmm. that this is a problem. This is a problem on the right and on the left. Right. Um, that they're literally sowing fear between us that we can't, we no longer communicate. We no longer have peace in our community. Because there was a bit of me that looked like they were separate from everybody else. Well, but that's what I'm saying. They feel separated mm. and we separate ourselves because we think they're behaving as if they're separated. Mm -hmm. It's a very bad cycle. It is. It's terrible. And then there's another, there's another component. Yes. That okay. I didn't share with you, but there, uh, there's a little bit when I, we, I mentioned that I was a police officer, because I mentioned you were an attorney that made that connect. I, I first wanted to make that connection that you two were, the, th the three of you were all attorneys. They went to Northwestern. Uh, great school, great top school. five school. Yeah, they, I mean, they're awesome dudes. Um, and then, you know, talked about you going to USC and then talked a little bit about your dad and that kind of stuff. Um, and then I dropped in the cop. But do you see what I mean? I, I felt uncomfortable. It's, it's the other thing. <laughs> like cops and, and black people have this thing that you can't talk to each other about. I mean, That's it's just terrible. so, it's so stupid and ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. You know, I, and I hate to be even talking about it in this manner, but I, I just want to bring it up because I wanted it's the elephant in the room sometimes. It really is. That, um, um, <laughs> sorry, you know, folks, that's my ringtone. <laughs> they probably can't hear it. The mics might oh, okay. cancel it out. Um, but there was like a, there was like a double whammy, right? The race and then the fact that I was a police officer. I'm talking to two black men. But they didn't. They didn't. No, no, no. Right, he actually, the U.S. attorney guy said he respected cops and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he said, but, but, but on occasion, they would bring me a case and I would look at it and I say, really, you want me to put this through? I go, you need to go back and do some more work. And then he laughed. He goes, I didn't mean I don't, and they'd come back the next day. And he goes, there's no way that they could get what I needed in a day. Well, I, go, I didn't. I didn't. Tell, I didn't. Dog cases, too. Yeah, we talked a little bit about it. But I said, he said, I didn't say go back and bring me more evidence that you can make up that you could create. <laughs> I meant for you to go find more real evidence right. of uh, the guilt of the person that we are getting ready to prosecute. But I thought we had a little funny moment there. And, I'm sure. And I said, yeah, I, I, you know, I go, I would love to help out prosecution, but I get uh, hired more by the defense. And so we had that opportunity to talk a little bit, but pretty quickly after we began to share, you know, how many family members we had and who was who in their family, that kind of stuff, all, all of it went away. But there was just that moment that I just, I, I hate it. I, I don't like it at all. I don't either. It really sucks that we can't have this just be. It's not that we can't. We're in this world. What, was, what, what upsets me is that we did have it. Yeah. And they've ruined it. Yeah. But it's declined. Like we literally had the whole 60s and 70s, 90s and 2000s, race relations in this country were mm. infinitely better. And then they ruined them again. With all of this hostility that, you know, it's just, I don't know. Yep. It's a shame. In the end, after we went snorkeling, we didn't do anything together for a while. And then we got back on the boat and then we were all having lunch and that kind of stuff. But as we were leaving, I was able to yell out to Fred. Fred was one of the guy's names. Mm -hmm. uh, Fred and Jerry, I think. Right? No. Yes, Fred and Jerry. Fred and Tom Jerry. <laughs> like Tom and Jerry. But I go, see you, Fred. See you, Jerry. And then the whole family waved at me. The, the, even the ladies that looked like they were a little grumpy. Yeah. Um, even they kind of waved and said goodbye and that kind of stuff. So I, I thought that that was pretty cool. I did nothing. It was all God. But it was just that I just want to talk about the, the weird uneasiness in the beginning that had never entered my soul ever before.
that no. there was this weird thing that well, the, I'm glad you pushed through it. The world had crept in a little bit. Oh, it's our kids trying to get all of us. Yeah, well, we'll call no, them that's later. too bad. They don't need us. They know. Unless they're getting kidnapped. No, they wouldn't call <laughs> us to get kidnapped. They're calling us because they need $5 to buy a drink or something. <laughs> Any more mass, thoughts on that? Lisa calls it oh. mass hypnosis effect. Yeah. It's, it's just a mass propaganda effect. Yeah, forced indoctrination. Yeah. Yeah. It is, um, it's sad. It's sad that that's where we're at right now. Hopefully we can get, we can push through. Amen. And get back to where we were before. And especially us as Christians, that's one of the things we need to continue to um, fight off. That we should be able to talk to anybody without any uh, reservation, any hesitation. Anything else, anything else come out with you? Oh, what? what uh, uh, Carrie says, yeah, I was actually shocked that after Obama got in office, there was major racial problems popping up. Oh, he was the yeah. worst. It was such, so weird. <laughs> so weird. It's as if it's it was part of, uh, it was intentional yeah. that within his administration, well, and it kind of is because the far left's point is that our, um, the whole point of the that agenda that we just fought that we CRT, CRT yeah. is that the system is inherently racist, that the system needs to be broken. Mm. And uh, with that mentality, uh, the goal is to break everything, that nothing is worth saving. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what led us to where we are today. Mm. All right. Yeah. Lisa said, Hedia, I agree. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah, for sure. All right. Anything else, Schnooks? Anything else about um, no? Do you had fun snorkeling? Oh, I want to let people know that this is not a white Russian. <laughs> I held it up a couple times, and then, of course, with the way I read today in the very beginning, I kind of lost my place. I was my mind was thinking about some other stuff. Magical yeah. keto drink. <laughs> yeah, it's heavy cream and a, a splash of coffee. <laughs> not a not a splash it's of almost because you can't have any sugar, so it's almost like drinking coffee ice cream. What's in a white Russian? Is it rum? I have no idea. I never drank them. Vodka, maybe I don't know, but no, it's just heavy cream and um, a splash of coffee, a splash of coffee in ice. And it's amazing. It's an amazing drink. It's my only dessert that I can have. <laughs> but I want another one right after this. So get to work. Uh, a couple of things here before we leave. Uh, oh no, one last thing. Was Carrie but, uh, but now again, those who have left the left are communicating again. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It's like a, a deprogramming. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Awesome. All right, my love. Thank you. Are you talking to them or me? You're my love. Oh, not your loves. <laughs> no, how did I do this morning when I woke up? How, how was? How did I do? He's quieter than a mouse. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, you were like a little mouse. I'm getting good. Yeah. <laughs> we. Uh, I. I started to wonder if everybody um, that's on my social media, on my Instagram, thinks that I'm not on this vacation. But at least when they watch this <laughs> devotional, they know I am. I am in none of the extreme sports uh, pictures uh, because I am not interested in any extreme sports. I just hang out on the shore or the boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So in case anybody was wondering. It is funny. All right, my friends. We love you guys. God Take bless. care. Have a great uh, rest of your day. All right, take care. Bye.